That's Phil. At home, turn us up. In your car, turn us on. At work, tell others about Talking with Ms. T, the talk show that's giving you trending topics, noted news, interesting interviews, community updates, and so much more. It continues right now. Ms. T. She'll do the talking. All you got to do is be a good listener. Greetings, everyone. You're back where it's at, and I'm spinning the beginning of the winning talk show. This always nice with some spice where we're a little sassy, but always classy as we hit the roof with the truth and the floor with much more of what you need to know to stay engaged, educated, empowered, and encouraged with trending topics, noted news, interviews, and much, much more. This is Tanisha Baker, and you're inside Talking With Tea. It's July 25th, and if today is your birthday, you share it with your birthday mates, the late football great Walter Payton, NBA player Kenny Thomas, Somalian top model Iman, and actress Wendy Raquel Robinson. Today is also the birth date of Emmett Till, an African-American boy who was killed in 1955 for talking to a white woman. His story was pivotal in sparking the civil rights movement. Also on this date in history, the USS Harmon was the first warship named for an African-American, Leonard Roy Harmon, It was launched in 1943, and on this date in 2002, Black Enterprise publisher Earl Graves partners with Magic Johnson, and they purchased Pepsi-Cola of Washington, D.C., becoming the largest minority-controlled Pepsi-Cola franchise in the country. Today on the national calendar is recognized as National Merry-Go-Round Day and National Hot Fudge Sunday Day. Our theme this month is Jazzy in July as you are encouraged to sparkle and shine. Let your light shine as you live proud and boldly embracing your beauty as a unique and wonderful being. Don't be afraid to flaunt your stuff and be jazzy in July. Our happy highlights for today start with 13-year-old Essence Moore. She was named Teampreneur of the Year by Black Enterprise. The Teampreneur of the Year Award recognizes entrepreneurs ages 19 and under. Essence is a fashion designer and spa owner. Her official clothing line is Essence Couture LLC with the motto, A Child's Passion for Fashion. She also has a natural body product and expanded her brand by launching the Essence Couture Spa and Boutique exclusively for children, tweens, and teens. Essence is definitely a T's top team. My next happy highlight is about a mom who made it her mission to go to the hospitals and cook healthy foods for kids with cancer. Danielle Cook is a mother of three who had a son diagnosed with stage 3 Hopkins lymphoma when he was only 11. She spent a lot of time making special recipes for her son who had very little appetite during his illness. Ms. Cook decided to found Happily Hungry, which is a program that consists of cooking and workshops for hospitalized kids and their families who are battling cancer. And now it's time to take note of our Monday Minute Quick Bits. The Dallas Police Department, which previously struggled to recruit officers, has had a surge in job applications since the shooting earlier this month that killed five of its officers. Nearly 300 homes were evacuated due to a wildfire northwest of Los Angeles this past Saturday. Two young girls raised $10,000 in two days through a lemonade stand for the families of the fallen officers killed in the Dallas police shootings. 
Former leader of the Ku Klux Klan, David Duke, has officially announced his run for Senate. And the WNBA fines three teams for wearing black shirts in response to the recent shootings by and against police officers. The Indian Fever, New York Liberty, and Phoenix Mercury were all fined $5,000 and each player was fined $500 since the shirts violated the league's uniform policy. Keep it where it's at. I'll be right back with the ever-so-witty know-it-all Professor J and the behind-the-scenes and between-the-lines investigator P.I. Pam with the Crazy Chronicles. Baby, call me. No matter what time, baby, you no call me. Time, baby, you no matter what time, baby, you call me. 
right, so we have another week here of what almost seems redundant news as the outline of the stories are the same with slightly different details. So we're going to start with an attack in a mall in Munich, Germany, where an 18-year-old gunman reportedly fascinated with mass shootings kills eight people and injures 27 others in a mall before shooting himself. It is also reported that the attacker had hacked a Facebook account and sent a message advertising free giveaways at the mall to try to increase the traffic and entice more people to be there during his planned attack. This does not appear to be a terrorist-related incident, but in my opinion, it still strikes terror, and it's horrific nonetheless. Yes, indeed. Uh, And again, it just seems like Europe can't get a break uh, from these types of attacks. You know, we've got Munich this week. Uh, Last week, we had France, and before that, we had Belgium. Just like, oh, gosh, what's really going on here? Right, right. And it makes me wonder also when these 18-year-olds and 19-year-olds just have this kind of mentality to want to do that, kill all these people, and then kill themselves. And I think back to what we were doing at 18 and 19, that was the last thing on our mind. We was actually enjoying life. Didn't have a worry in the world, and then they you know, want to go out and do mass destruction on people and casualties. I don't I don't understand what, what they be thinking. Well, you know, I guess I'm not sure if we were sheltered, if we were inside of our own bubbles of existence, and like you said, you know, kind of carefree and living within the constraints of the safety of our community and our families. And I wonder if, again, we've talked about mental health issues, if, We've gone some time without addressing it to the point that now it just pops up on us, that we haven't looked at the signs. We haven't paid attention to the clues that would get these people help before they go off on these tyrants to, I don't know, hurt other people. It's really no justified reason. I think there is a certain generation that's desensitized to violence and even fascinated by it as this young man was. But again, we would hope that We wouldn't have to go into this every week. Exactly. So I would love to go a week without a rerun of cops killing an unarmed black man. But once again, we have a report about a shooting of an African-American behavioral therapist, Charles Kenzie. And Kenzie was attempting to take care of an autistic patient that had escaped from the facilities, the group home, when they were approached by the police. Kenzie was laid down on the ground with his arms raised when he was shot by Officer Jonathan Aletta in North Miami, Florida. He and a second officer, Emil Holland, had been placed on administrative leave after giving conflicting stories about the incident. So more protests, more turmoil, more shots, and tensions have grown, of course, out of this incident that was caught on video. And the police department has set up a First Amendment zone which was established outside the police department for demonstrators. Now, the police union president, John Rivera, says that the video doesn't tell the whole story. Of course, in my opinion, it tells enough. But he's saying that the officer was actually aiming at the patient with Mr. Kinsey, whom he thought was posing a threat. For most of us, it's obvious that this is a lame excuse, but let's just say it was true. Then the tables turn to officers' reckless assault on those that are mentally challenged, which is a whole nother dilemma in this country. Right. And all the reports that I've read, 
of the incident simply stated that uh, Mr. Kenzie was trying to get his patient out of the street, and, you know, the guy was just sitting there playing with his little white truck, and when Mr. Kenzie spotted the cops, he laid down on the ground and had his hands up. And the, the, whole, the most asinine part about this thing was when the officer was asked why did he shoot, the officer said, I don't know. And when I saw that, when I read that, rather, I can't tell you how many cuss words I said. Can't even tell you the right. cuss words that I said because we would get put <laughs> off of everything. Then then they said we didn't we weren't trying to shoot the black man. We was trying to, to shoot the mentally challenged patient. Like that made it any better. Right. Right. That's what I was saying. It is still uh, an exertion of power on people who are defenseless. And somewhere in this. I feel like the justice system and the penalties for a crime need to be the penalties for the crime regardless of who does it. Because a lot of times I think about these situations and think, well, what if it were a civilian instead of a police officer? What would have happened to them? I think immediately arrested, in jail, maybe with bail, maybe without. But most of these, in these cases, they're going administrative leave and even with pay. So I think one thing is there should be equal justice regardless for all citizens, whether you're wearing a badge or not. You just can't go and continue to do this. And, again, it's happening every week, sometimes two or three times a week. Yes, and anybody that has worked with mentally challenged people know you have to calm them down. I remember taking some patients to the Greek festival uh, at this church on Kingston Pike, you know, down there by Sequoia Hills. And one of them decided she was just going to take off running down Kingston Pike. Now, my first reaction is, I know she don't expect my big butt to run down Kingston Pike after her. <laughs> but when I did, all, all the officers that were there patrolling saw was a black woman tackling a, a white person. And so they automatically think that it's something negative, and I'm trying to tell them, because you can't wear, you know, like, names and say, you know, we're from Lakeshore or whatever, because people, you know, they would judge you. They would, you know, they would run away from people, but they were actually stable, but something must have set her off, and they only saw that, and they got aggressive with her, and I'm thinking, that's just going to make it worse. It's just a big mess. You, you have to really calm them down first, and that seems like what he was trying to do, an officer, and I can only imagine how the mentally challenged person reacted after the man got shot. That probably scared him to death. Well, he is. I read that he isn't eating or sleep since that happened. I bet and he is. And I still don't understand what was wrong with the man playing with his little fire truck. How did that turn into the threatening situation? Then they said they thought the truck was uh, a weapon. Oh. Okay, it wasn't. It wasn't in a toy gun. It was a toy truck. I, I'm. Jay, now, have you seen a toy truck before? <laughs> you know, I have seen several toy trucks. I had several when I was younger. And so the toy truck being mistaken for a weapon, I wish I could understand how far to the side my eye is right about now. <laughs> right. And like we said, I believe this case in particular they're not going to get away with. However, I am a little dismayed that they're just on administrative leave. It is very obvious to anyone that witnessed the video that had an opportunity, and we're fortunate that we had an opportunity to hear the man speak and that he wasn't killed. 
although he was injured and had an opportunity to share his side of the story, including the fact that he asked why he was shot and which the response was, I don't know. And that's what set Jay off into saying those words that he's not <laughs> proud of. But uh, <laughs> Well, I didn't say I wasn't proud of him. I just said I can't say him. Oh, you can't say him. Well, thank you for clearing that up for us, Professor Jay. My, my right so, indignation rose up. I understand. Say that again, <laughs> Forrest. You know, he uses all those big words. And I do I have my dictionary? I'm about to start. My, Go ahead. My, my right indignation rose up. Yes, sir. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, I made our next topic last in trending news today because I couldn't decide really where it belonged. I think it's a crossover between trending news and the Crazy Chronicles. So let's spend a little time summing up the Republican National Convention, and I think Jay did a little (laughs) research into this and is prepared to share today with our listeners his take on the Republican National Convention this past week. Yeah. Everybody have have a seat right quick because it's going to get good. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So as the Democrats begin their convention this week in Philadelphia, the nation is just now recovering from the Republican National Convention circus, convention, whatever you want to call it, last week. So Recovering, that's a good word. That's a good word. <laughs> when, I tell you, when I tell you, I'm still dizzy from everything that went on. <laughs> well, the highlight of the Republican National Convention should have been Donald Trump's acceptance of his party's nomination and subsequent announcement of his running mate, Indiana Governor Mike Pence. The convention itself was nothing more than a week-long political reality show. Aspiring First Lady Melania Trump, and I use that loosely, uh, gave what she thought was a very moving and passionate speech Monday night. Of course, the reason why it was so moving and so passionate was because uh, we later learned that it that a sizable chunk of it came from First Lady Michelle Obama's speech at the 2008 Democratic National Convention. While Mrs. Trump wow. the third, yeah, while Mrs. Trump the third swore that she wrote. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Did you did you call her Mrs. Trump the third? Mrs. Trump the third, because you know, um, <laughs> his third wife. She's the third Mrs. Trump. You know, okay, with her, with, her, with her bikini on, and you know, we've seen everything that she cares to share with it with everybody, but, yeah, she's trying to be first lady. Anyway, back to the story. While Mrs. Trump III swore that she wrote the speech herself, Donald Trump, Donald Trump's ghostwriter, co-author, or whatever the heck you want to call her, Meredith McIver, issued a statement in which she admitted lifting portions of Mrs. Obama's speech and offered her resignation, which the Trumps refused to accept. Now, as an interesting Side note, a few Internet sources have questioned the existence of this Meredith McIver, stating that the statement was written to deflect oh, attention. She, she really is a ghost. Yeah. They say she doesn't exist. Well, you know, there, there have been some questions. Um, I saw a couple of sources that said that uh, that gave pictures of the Donald Trump books that Meredith McIver co-wrote, ghost wrote, whatever, and all of a sudden – Meredith McIver has this nice little Twitter account that miraculously appears. So, yeah. So, anywho, um, as I said, people have stated that this Meredith McIver statement was written to deflect public attention from what the Trump camps termed an innocent mistake. 
Okay. All right. And then there was the benediction, in air quotes, given by Pastor Mark Burns of South Carolina, in which he pretty much called Hillary Clinton Satan. And there was no God in it. Satan, yeah. He said S-A-T-A-N, the devil, Satan. Yes. Yes. In his prayer, he said, we are fighting the enemy uh, that is Hillary Clinton in so many words. And I'm like, okay, but you're talking to the Lord, dude. So, yeah. Um, okay. There was no God anywhere in that prayer. So I don't think it, that prayer went beyond the feeling of the arena that they were in. And, of mm. course, let's not forget Ted Cruz, who admonished his audience to vote their conscience and made no qualms about not endorsing Donald Trump because Trump said that Cruz's father was a murderer, and Trump also insulted Cruz's wife. Mm-hmm. And uh, shortly after Ted Cruz's speech, Heidi Cruz was rushed off the convention floor to the sounds of booze from convention delegates. I was just going to interject that if you've missed any of this, including – Cruz's speech in which he refused to endorse Trump, you can check all of that out on www.talkingwitht.com on today's show. So what other highlights did you have from the convention? Well, as if all of that wasn't enough, Donald Trump delivered a 75-minute speech on Thursday night. Yeah. Replete with the usual Trump rhetoric in which he characterized himself as the only person who can fix America's ills. Under his presidency, he uh, promised that this would be, quote, a country of law and order, stating that crime and violence would end and, quote, unquote, safety would be restored. He further took his usual stand on immigration, opposing, uh, in his words, America's open borders. He pledged to improve the economy by promising new jobs, protect members of the LGBTQ community, which Interestingly enough, was a very, seemingly very hard thing for him to utter uh, to his audience and to fight terrorism. He took several jabs at President Obama and Hillary Clinton during his 75-minute speech. And I'm pretty sure that uh, if you want to subject yourself to said speech for a second time, if you missed it the first time, pretty sure that uh, we'll have that posted on the page as well, along with some fact-checking that I found very interesting uh, from several journalists who refuted a lot of the things that Trump said and questioned some of the accuracy of some of the statistics that he cited. So we're hoping that the Democratic Convention will be a lot uh, more stable. We already know that uh, from the proposed lineup. We've got First Lady Michelle Obama, President Obama himself speaking. I think we're also going to hear from uh, Vice President Joe Biden and uh, Hillary Clinton herself will be speaking as well later on in the week. So I'm hoping for a lot more normalcy in this convention and uh, that I won't have to take a leave and Valium and all such. Did I say Valium? Oops. (laughs) (laughs) The Republicans were doing the absolute most, I tell you. The funniest tweet I seen all week was when Donald Trump tried to justify that he's not a racist. And he tweeted, I am not a racist. My favorite African-American black athlete is Serena Williams. And she tweeted back, no, 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 Donald, don't tell people I'm your favorite American black uh, 
Take it down, Donald. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there are many that really want to be associated with them. And if there are some African Americans that are on his side, I believe they're in the closet. Now, we see a few sprinkled here and there, but for the most part, there are not many that are willing to publicly attach their names to him or his campaign. So, Jay, I well, really. Well, now, I was going to say, uh, Trump has two very vocal supporters. I think their names are Silk and Diamond. And uh, they, they do not count. Well, yeah, I'm they, they, they regular hair doesn't blend in with their weave, so they, they can't count. Well, you can't see their regular hair because that, that awful 27-piece <laughs> that whichever one that is has on her head and that stiff, you know, long side ponytail. I guess, you know, they used the same kind of hairspray that Donald Trump had on Thursday night because that hair did not move. So <laughs> whatever hair products they use on the Republican side of life, you know, I think that for those people who have hair issues, bad hair days, you might want to holler at Donald. You might want to holler at Diamond and Silk, but only to figure out how they keep the hair from moving. That's all I'm saying. Well, Jay, I really, really appreciate you informing us about the Republican National Convention, and I look forward to anything that you have for us next week as you investigate and uncover the details for the Democratic National Convention. So we're going to move forward with the Crazy Chronicles and see what P.I. Pam has investigated for us this week. Well, this week I'm going to do a, I'm doing a follow-up on Prophet Bushari, who I talked about last week. He's the one that has the actual, or so he says, blood of Jesus that he's been selling for $2,000 a vial. So being the T.I. that I am, I said, I'm going to send him an email, an order form. Stop. You know, see if you can stop. <laughs> I'm going to send him an email to see about how we could get us some of that blood of Jesus because they was like, it cures everything, you know, uh, gout, diabetes, high blood pressure, uh, lazy eyes, just everything. So I'm like, I'm going to get me some of this. So I sent him an email, but, you know, I had a few questions. I want to know, you know, is there a DNA analysis of this blood? I'm not sure it comes from Jesus and is it on back order? And if it, where are you going to get the new, new blood from? <laughs> where are you going to get the new blood from? Because we can't get that from Jesus now. So, but he never responded. Somebody sent me an invoice for $2,000 and all these different ways to pay. And I'm thinking, he didn't ask my question, but he wants my money. All they said was yeah. it was authentic. Authentic what? This might be goat blood, uh, Camel blood. I don't know what that is. Well, if they sent you an invoice for $2,000, what you should have done in your reply was to go to one of the great hymns of the church that simply says, Jesus paid it all, all <laughs> to him you owe. $2,000 for a vial of the blood of Jesus. And there's, I mean, it's not like he's not selling it. He has made big money off of selling this to some people. Whole congregations have it like in their little uh, store at the church. So 
Jay, y'all don't have any down there in Memphis, do you? No, ma'am. No, ma'am. Tanisha, you don't have nothing tabernacle, do you? Not that I know of. I'm pretty sure that uh, we're not raking in any income from the blood of Jesus. So we don't have any of those either. I'm glad of that. I'm glad of that. In fact, I'm not sure any in our local area that have uh, started selling the blood of Jesus. But that's it for this bit. I thoroughly enjoyed today's trending news in the Crazy Chronicles, and I can't wait to talk to the two of you next week. And I can't wait to tell it. And you know I'm going to say it. Tell right now. I have a few announcements for those listeners in the Knoxville community. Save the dates for the second annual 8th of August Jubilee, which has extended the celebration to span several dates culminating in the big celebration at Chilhowee Park and the Jacobs Building, including vendors, exhibits, activities, games, music, the world's longest Soul Train line, and entertainment including Grammy-nominated Alvin Garrett and comedian Spanky Brown. Visit the Beck Cultural Exchange Center website or the Village of Knox for more information. Don't forget, this weekend coming up is Tennessee Sales Free Tax Weekend. So look forward and save a few coins to get your back-to-school shopping done as the students in Knox County go back to school on August 8th. There will be a free community cookout this Saturday, July 30th in Paul Hope Park on Cherry Street. For more information on community events, resources, information, and positive stories related to Knoxville, Tennessee, visit www.thevillageofknox.com. You can submit announcements to be promoted and added to the community calendar through the website or contacting the village through Facebook and Twitter. Well, once again, we've come to an end, but stay engaged by visiting www.talkingwitht.com and following the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also download the podcast on your iPhone or iPad. You can currently listen to Talking With T on Blueberry SoundCloud, iTunes, or TuneIn Radio, as well as the recently added Google Music. Remember that new shows drop each Monday, and don't forget to subscribe to Talking With T Daily, the online daily newspaper to get your daily scoop of trending news and find out what we're talking about. Also be reminded that I'm always looking to share and highlight music from rising artists. I also welcome submissions for T's Top Teens or Hometown Heroes. You can find out more information about making nominations and submissions on the Talking With T website. So on that note, I'll end with a quote. A strong woman is one who can build a firm foundation with the bricks others have thrown at her. Remember where you heard the word and keep the peace until next week. You've been listening to Talking with Tea.